Hello, and welcome to the Truth Seekers Podcast. A truth seeker is someone who wants to know the truth. They search for what's true, and they won't rest until they find it. I am a truth seeker, and if you are too, then you've come to the right place where we will search for truth each week in the stories of the Bible. Welcome back, truth seekers. Are you ready to learn more truth from God's Word today? If you've been following along, then you know that we have been learning much about the kings of Israel. Israel had been divided into two nations, the nation of Israel in the north and the nation of Judah in the south. Both nations had kings come and go throughout the years, and both nations had good kings who followed after the ways of the Lord. And both nations had bad kings who did what was evil in the eyes of the Lord. You may be wondering, how long can this go on? How long can God watch as king after king disobey his commands and bring evil to the nation of Israel? Hadn't God promised to be their God? Hadn't God made a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that he would make Israel into a great nation and be with them in the promised land? Yes, he had. And God would keep his covenant promises. He would remain the Israelites' God. But Israel had not kept her promise. What promise is that, you ask? A promise to follow God and obey him, and worship him, and not turn and worship false gods and idols. They promised to serve him and love him and take care of one another and be a light to the rest of the world of God's goodness and faithfulness. But sadly, Israel could not keep her promise to God. But before we look too far ahead, today I want to introduce you to another king. But this king was different than the kings who had gone before him. This king was son of the evil king of Israel who we learned about last week, King Ahaz. Who was this king, you ask? This king's name was Hezekiah. Can you say Hezekiah? Hezekiah was 25 years old when he began to reign. And the Bible says that he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Now you may be thinking, how is this possible? How could Hezekiah, the son of one of the most evil and wicked kings of Judah, grow up to be a king who did right in the eyes of the Lord? Well, I'm glad you asked. You see, King Hezekiah may not have had a godly father, but he had a godly mother. That's right. King Hezekiah's mother was named Abijah. And while there is not much written about Abijah, she is a very important woman because she spent her years pouring truth into her son Hezekiah, even when her husband was doing wicked and evil things. Abijah was the granddaughter of Jehoiada. Do you remember Jehoiada? He was the high priest who cared for and hid little Joash in the temple for seven years when the evil queen Athaliah stole the throne. Jehoiada was a high priest who feared the Lord and had a son named Zechariah, and his son had a daughter named Abijah. The faithfulness of Jehoiada followed his family line. 
How proud he would have been to see his great-grandson on the throne, King Hezekiah. While King Ahaz was trying to make the people of Judah turn to Baal, Abijah was quietly bringing up her precious baby to love and honor the God of heaven. We will never know what hardships Abijah had to go through as she watched her husband do wicked and evil things in the land and worship false gods. But through it all, she kept true to the faith of her father and her grandfather. She was a truth seeker. When King Ahaz died, the time had come. All of Abijah's preparation and training and speaking truth to her son had made him ready to sit on the throne and reign over Judah. And reign he did. One of the very first things that King Hezekiah did when he became king was to open the doors of the temple. You might be thinking, why did he have to open the doors of the temple? Weren't the doors of the temple always open so the priests could sacrifice to the Lord and worship him and offer incense? Well, you see, while Ahaz was king, he had gathered all of the sacred items dedicated to the Lord in the temple and had taken them away. He shut the doors of the Lord's temple. Can you imagine? Do you remember when we learned about the temple that Solomon had built unto the Lord and how the glory of the Lord filled the temple and dwelt among the people? The temple was the dwelling place of God himself among the people. It's where the people went to worship God. What a sad day that must have been for the faithful Israelites living in Judah, especially for Abijah knowing that her grandfather had worked at the temple, had served the Lord at the temple, and had even been faithful to hide little Joash safely in the temple of the Lord. Then she watched as her husband closed the doors of the temple so the Israelites could no longer worship the Lord there. How God's heart must have been saddened on that day, for that was his dwelling place, the place where the people were to worship him. And instead, King Ahaz had built altars at every street corner in Jerusalem. And in every town in Judah, he built high places to burn sacrifices to other gods, to false gods. This angered the Lord, for the Lord will not share his glory with false gods. This was an awful thing in the sight of the Lord. But now, here was King Hezekiah, the son of King Ahaz during the very first month of his reign as king, he opened wide the doors of the temple which his father had closed. And then he ordered the Levites to go in and clean out all the dirt and dust that had gathered while the temple had been shut. And he ordered that the Levites start serving and worshiping the Lord there again. What a glorious day. He had the doors and the temple repaired. He brought in the priest and the Levites and assembled them in the square on the east side and said, Listen to me, Levites, consecrate yourselves now and consecrate the temple of the Lord, the God of your fathers. Remove all defilement from the sanctuary. Our fathers were evil in the eyes of the Lord our God and forsook him. They turned their faces away from the Lord's dwelling place and turned their backs on him. They also shut the doors of the portico and put out the lamps burning unto the Lord. 
They did not burn incense or present any burnt offerings at the sanctuary to the God of Israel. Therefore the anger of the Lord has fallen on Judah and Jerusalem. He has made them an object of dread and horror and scorn. This is why our fathers have fallen by the sword, and why our sons and daughters and our wives are in captivity. Now I intend to make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, so that his fierce anger will turn away from us. My sons, do not be negligent now, for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him and serve him, to minister before him and to burn incense. And so the Levites set to work. They worked hard. They knew they had been called to the service of the Lord. How long had they desired to come and worship before the Lord? They, as Levites of all the Israelites, had been set apart by the Lord himself to serve him and work at the temple. For years under King Ahaz, the temple had been closed. But now, now that it was opened again, they went in to purify the temple of the Lord as the king had ordered, following the word of the Lord. The priest went into the sanctuary of the Lord to purify it. They brought out to the courtyard of the Lord's temple everything unclean that they found in the temple of the Lord. The Levites took it and carried it out to the Kidron Valley. Now, you may be thinking, this is going to take a long time. I mean, how long does it take you to clean out your room when it gets super messy? Well, it depends on how determined you are to get it done and how dirty your room is, right? The Levites had an excitement and a passion to restore the temple of the Lord. They were not going to let another day go by. They were determined to clean and purify the temple of the Lord's dwelling place. It took a whole week to get the worst of the job done, and then another week to finish it properly. When they were done cleansing the temple and purifying it, they went in to King Hezekiah and reported, We have purified the entire temple of the Lord, the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils and the table for setting out the consecrated bread with all its articles. We have prepared and consecrated all the articles that King Ahaz removed in his unfaithfulness while he was king. They are now back in front of the Lord's altar. Did you hear that? They had recovered all of the items that King Ahaz had taken from the Lord's temple and returned them there. And so they consecrated all of the items and the temple unto the Lord. Can you say consecrated? Do you know what that word means? To consecrate something means to make it holy unto the Lord. And if it is holy unto the Lord, then it means it can only be used for God. It is completely dedicated to the Lord when it is consecrated. So, for example, the lamps burning inside the temple were consecrated. They were only to be used for God in the temple. No one could take them out and use them in their homes for any other purpose. The same with the utensils that were used for the sacrifices and for the bread on the table and for the altars and the basins filled with water. All of it was consecrated and only to be used for the Lord. The entire temple was consecrated or dedicated to be given wholly to the Lord for His purpose and for His glory 
and for his worship. When the king heard that the temple was ready, early the next morning he gathered the city officials together and went up to the temple of the Lord. They brought seven bulls, seven rams, seven male lambs, and seven male goats as a sin offering for the kingdom, for the sanctuary, and for Judah. The king commanded the priest, the descendants of Aaron, to offer these on the altar of the Lord. So they slaughtered the bulls, and the priest took the blood and sprinkled it on the altar. Next, they slaughtered the rams and sprinkled their blood on the altar. Then they slaughtered the lambs and sprinkled their blood on the altar. The goats for the sin offering were brought before the king and the assembly, and they laid their hands on them. The priest then slaughtered the goats and presented their blood on the altar for a sin offering to atone for all Israel, because the king had ordered the burnt offering and the sin offering for all of Israel. After that, the king stationed the priests and the Levites in the temple of the Lord with cymbals, harps, and lyres in the same way David had worshipped when he was king. So the Levites stood ready with David's instruments and the priests with their trumpets. Hezekiah gave the order to sacrifice the burnt offering on the altar. And do you know what happened as soon as the fire was kindled and the smoke of the first sacrifice began to rise into the early morning air? Suddenly singing unto the Lord began to break out among the people. The priests and the Levites played their trumpets and their instruments of David. The whole assembly bowed in worship while the singers sang and the trumpeters played. All this continued, the music and the singing and the worship while the burnt offering was being completed. When the offerings were finished, everyone present with the king knelt down and worshiped the Lord. King Hezekiah and his officials instructed the Levites to praise the Lord with the very same psalms that David had used to praise the Lord when he was king. So they sang praises with gladness and bowed their heads and worshiped. Then Hezekiah said, You have now dedicated yourselves to the Lord. Come and bring sacrifices and thank offerings to the temple of the Lord. So the assembly brought sacrifices and thank offerings, and all whose hearts were willing brought burnt offerings unto the Lord. And so the service of the temple of the Lord was reestablished. The doors were wide open. The priest and the Levites served and offered sacrifices unto the Lord. Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced at what God had brought about for his people because it was done so quickly. Dear True Seekers, didn't this story just stir your heart? Didn't it make you want to sing and rejoice along with the people? This is what happens when we give ourselves in complete surrender to the Lord. He deserves our highest praise and worship. You see, God wanted his temple consecrated as holy unto him. It was his dwelling place. And in order for him to dwell among a sinful people, his temple needed to be pure and holy and free from sin. The Bible says that you and I are now the temple of God. God comes and dwells inside of you and me. We are his dwelling place. This is so wonderful for us to imagine, but it's true. 
You might ask, how can God come and dwell in me? Because sometimes I feel like the temple when it was dirty and unclean. Do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel like your heart is full of sin, full of dirt and needs to be cleaned out, just like the Levites cleaned out the temple? Sometimes you might feel like you are unfit for God's presence to dwell in you. Well, we are unclean and unfit for God's presence to dwell in us by ourselves. That's why we need help. We need someone who can come and cleanse us, just like the priests and the Levites cleaned out the temple. We need a priest to come and cleanse our hearts. Do you know who that priest is? If you said Jesus, you are correct. Jesus is our high priest. Jesus, God's very own son, came and shed blood in our place. He is also our sacrifice. His blood was shed just like those rams and lambs and goats, just as their blood was sprinkled on the altar as a sacrifice for the people's sins. So Jesus' blood is sprinkled over our hearts to cleanse us and forgive us of our sins. When we accept what Jesus did for us, and when we believe that he forgives us, he comes and he makes us clean. His blood cleanses us of our sins. When we accept that, Then the presence of God can come and dwell inside of us. When we believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and we accept him as our Lord and Savior, he cleanses us. He comes in and he removes the dirt and the sin and the unholiness and he makes us clean. He gives us his holiness and his righteousness. And so now the presence of God can come and dwell in us. Now we are consecrated and made holy for the presence of God because it's only by the blood of Jesus that we can be made consecrated and holy before the Lord. When you are consecrated, your whole life is now to be used in service unto the Lord. Just like the temple and the articles and all of the items inside the temple were consecrated and dedicated to be used for the Lord, so you and I are now consecrated. We are dedicated through Jesus Christ to be servants of the Lord. You are His for His glory. You now can say, use me, Lord, however you choose to use me. I am yours. I am consecrated and dedicated unto you. This should cause much rejoicing and singing. Just as the Israelites broke out in singing and worship, so we too worship our God, our God who has done so much for us. He is worthy of our songs and our music and our worship. We sing praises unto him and to him alone for all he has done. When we know that we have been cleansed and made new, we too will break out into song and rejoice. Sing unto the Lord, true seekers. Worship his holy name, for he has done marvelous things. He longs to dwell in your heart. Will you accept Jesus' sacrifice today and allow him to cleanse you and consecrate you and make you holy as a place fit for the presence of God to dwell? If you'd like to read today's story in your Bible, you can find it in 2 Chronicles chapter 29. Let me pray with you before we go. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you long to come and make your home in our hearts. You long to dwell close to us. This is too wonderful for us to understand. And yet we are so grateful and humble that you would choose to do so. 
We thank you for sending your son Jesus to shed his blood in our place so that our sins might be forgiven and that we might be made white as snow. Now that Jesus has covered us in his blood, we are consecrated unto you. We are your dwelling place. We have been made clean and pure and holy through Jesus. Now you can come and make your home in our hearts because we have been cleansed. We rejoice at your goodness. We worship you and adore your holy name. You are worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we go today, True Seekers, I have some reviews to catch up on. I'd like to read some very kind words that have been left for the podcast. The first review I'd like to read is from Desert Pete 81 who says, We've just discovered this podcast and my kids can't stop listening. They want to listen to it during all of their play. It's helpful to build their faith and mine as well as I listen in. Thank you so much. Adriel, age eight, and Theron, age five, says we love your podcast. I like listening to it while I do my supreme dot to dot, and I like listening to it while I draw. My favorite story is Gideon. I love that story too. Thank you, Adriel and Theron. From Leslie Pearson, she says, my kids five and six love listening to truth seekers while we eat breakfast or while traveling. It encourages great discussion and is a perfect supplement to reinforce our Bible story readings. Thank you for providing this excellent tool that is actively filling my girls' hearts with faith and love for Jesus. I love that. Thank you so much. Uh, This is from Anna. My four-year-old daughter, Iris, said today, Can you put on True Seekers? It teaches me to go on the way of life, not on the way of death. So as long as I'm listening to True Seekers, I'll know the way of life. Thank you for creating a wonderful resource for children that respects their intelligence and understanding. We love it. From Anna, Iris, and Miles. Man, that is good stuff. Thank you, Iris, for reminding us of the way of life. From Reagan, I am 10 years old. I love your podcast. It teaches me so much. I can't wait to listen to it later. I'm thankful your podca- for your podcast and everything I learn from it. Thank you, Reagan, for listening. I'm so glad you are enjoying the podcast. This is from Nakai. I'm sorry if I said that wrong. Um, they say, thanks for all your episodes. We listen to them in the morning. That's from Nakai, age four. The next review here says, just wanted to let you know we are doing the Advent series with you and what a gift it is you're blessing us with. Each kid has their $2 Advent calendar with a chocolate treat behind each square. We listen to your podcast, pray along, and then open our square. Thanks for providing these lessons for us. Thank you so much for feedback from the Advent series. I enjoy doing them, and I'm so glad they were a blessing to you all. Here's another one about the Advent series. Uh, We love the Advent series so far. Thanks for a great podcast. They are from South Carolina. Thank you so much. Um, The next review says, This podcast has been a blessing. As an adult, I'm thankful to hear the basic truths of the word that are boiled down for young hearts to understand. I learn something from each episode and feel like it gives me the space to be childlike in my faith again, which is precious. That is a precious review. Thank you so much. Um, The next review here says, thank you so much for being a blessing for my kids. They love to go to bed while listening to you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you too. Yuan says, I watch this every night. 
And Six Stouts says, we just listened to the last Advent episode and we loved it so much. My kids and I have been listening to this podcast since August and my kids have proclaimed themselves as true seekers. Thank you so much for producing this podcast with so much love and joy. That is amazing. I'm so excited when I hear more self-proclaimed true seekers out there. This next review is from Jacob who says, I love your podcast. They're the best. I listen to them when I go to sleep. By the way, I'm Jacob. I'm 10. When I can't go to sleep, my mom puts the podcast on and I fall asleep. It's fantastic. Keep it up. Don't stop. Thanks, Jacob. And don't worry, I don't plan to stop. All right. Our final and last review here is from J to the K to the G. And they say, my kids fall asleep to this at night. I love that they are learning gospel stories told in such a clear and simple way. The other night, my daughter hollered out, I'm a true seeker. Yes, another true seeker. Thank you so much for all of these reviews. I am so grateful. Phew, that was quite a lot to catch up on. So you guys are the best. You're amazing. I love hearing from you. Thank you so much for listening, for supporting, for leaving reviews. And I can't wait to talk to you next week.